Hey folks, and welcome to a Daily Ratings Podcast. It's a show where each week, we'll sit down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on the latest movies he's been watching, both older films and new releases. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review of the movie, share some thoughts, and of course, then rate the film. The Daily Ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. On today's show, Vince will be rating and reviewing... The Abyss, True Lies, Titanic, Avatar, and newly released Avatar, The Way of the Water, all directed by James Cameron. It's going to be an interesting show, so stay tuned and enjoy. Vincent Daly, how we doing, buddy? Yeah, how's it going, Tom? Uh, it's going okay for me. How was your How was your very, very long James Cameron-filled <laughs> week? Yeah. Oh man, it was it was a doozy. I love that you changed it to it's going to be an interesting episode. I think so. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is going to be an interesting episode. It was an interesting week. I mean, if Aronofsky last week was the king of character sad dramas then uh cameron is just the king of long <laughs> ass movies my god he is but hey and long time to make movies mm. long movies mm-hmm. he's james cameron yeah i think yeah. He's, a, he's a director that so many people just have an opinion about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so obviously we're doing this because avatar 2 yeah i don't think yep. otherwise we would be doing it i like, don't think so i mean i for the I, most part be sprinkled in i feel like yeah i think i do i i, I kind of distribute this out through the weeks like we've done directed studies in the past and um and obviously we're missing some big ones aliens terminators uh so uh you know there's there's some missing pieces to cameron's story yeah. here uh but i think this does highlight a lot of you know i mean realistic i, you know, I joke he's the king of long ass movies realistically he's the king of tech innovation in film so uh, i think a lot of these films highlight that uh and and, and his movements in tech innovation yes I have some opinions on that too. Oh yeah, but we'll kind of just—I'll I'll let those. It'll be a <laughs> slow leak. It'll be a, a drip, drip. Yeah, yeah. So. Of um, of annoyance. But yeah, um, yeah. so forgive me if uh, these reviews are a little bit long, folks. Uh, I got long movies to unpack, okay. and all five are long. <laughs> We've been so. alerted. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's. We're gonna start back in um, '89. By the way, I like that we're not doing like Aliens or T2. Mm. We also really like those films. Oh, yeah, great And movies. it would be nice to kind of highlight those in their own little yeah. realm. I know? think especially for Terminator, I mean, both T1 mm, and yeah. T2. Yeah. Uh, and then Aliens as well. I mean, these are uh, cornerstones of those those franchises. Yeah. And, uh, and obviously, you cannot get Terminator without Cameron. But again, it just didn't fit the, the light water theme <laughs> of this week. This week's, uh, you know, uh, all about the water. All about <laughs> filling rooms with water and being scared by rooms filling with water. All right. So let's start back there in 1989. We have The Abyss and theatrical run of two hours and 20 minutes. Mm. It's just technically kind of his shortest one that we have. Mm. I said technically because the next one's uh, just one minute longer. But, oh, yeah. Uh, what do we get back in 89, Cameron? Uh, what is he starting to play around with? How are we delving into water shots, his tech? 
kind of like you said it maybe it's a good thing to break down okay what new tech what went into mm, it and mm. then film itself yeah two yep. very different things yeah because we can be very appreciative sure and then also not very appreciative at the same time then yeah a once perfect when it comes to the actual film itself exactly perfect example top gun maverick being you know a technical marvel not exactly a story that i loved so uh, uh all right all right <laughs> the action was at least really good right i don't right. know if we can say the same about avatar but yeah, yeah. okay let's start here with the abyss 89 a young cameron and kind of what do we get here? What's our setup? Or yeah, I'll, so, I'll let you take it wherever you want. So not exactly his first film. That would go to the lovely Piranha 2, The Spawning, uh, which is... Water. Uh, yeah, water. I know. It, it was almost going to make the cut. You know, True Lies is a little bit of an outlier. So, <laughs> uh, But I didn't want to touch the Terminators and Aliens like we said already. It was just... They, they, they deserve their own self-respecting series, you know, uh, and where, 100%, they, yeah. Yeah, where they kind of fit into the piece of the puzzle. The Abyss is an ambitious film, though, uh, both written and directed by Cameron, as pretty much all of these are, and hits on the, the water-based vibe we have this week and certainly shows his love for filling rooms with water. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this film is a sci-fi Dips into a little bit of horror for that reason. Definitely maybe a sci-fi thriller is the genre. And boy, does he flood some rooms with water and it is terrifying. I mean, he just loves that shot of just racing through corridor, <laughs> corridor, and, and you're racing the water. And, you know, it's, 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 it's all over this film. So The Abyss stars Ed Harris and Mary Elizabeth Mastriano. As ocean diving researchers, um, they are tapped on the shoulder to... Help with the recovery of um, uh, a military nuclear submarine that mysteriously goes down. Could it be the Russians? Could it be hectic weather and, and an incoming hurricane? Or could it be something unknown in the deep of the abyss? That's basically our pitch here, uh, folks. And honestly, when it comes down to areas that the abyss works as a film, I gotta say, I mean, there's some really cool underwater tech. Um, yeah. That doesn't really sound too sci-fi as a premise, and it, it does take place, the setting itself does take place in the 80s, uh, but it's sci-fi for a few reasons, uh, despite that present-day 80s setting. The film has a handful of key fictional tech that makes things very interesting. Uh, one off the back is definitely uh, micro-submarines and just mm -hmm, the actual yeah. technology of submarine exploring at the time. Obviously, this is all staged, but there are some few things that make this a little bit more futuristic than it was actually for the time, and and sells kind of an interesting, interesting. I mean, I I think it boils down to science fiction has to have some sort of tie to technology to give stakes to us. The better we understand the technology, the more we understand the stakes of the film. Um, this okay, is yeah. uh, demonstrated pretty well in there's a, a liquid in the film that uh, allows them to breathe underwater it's basically like uh, you know when you're in the when you're in the womb it kind of fills it and you can oxygenate ox, oxygenate no that's not right no oxygenate is fine oxygenate I don't, that doesn't sound right uh, oxidize keep your blood ox oxidated oh there we go there we go oxidated oxidated there we go oxidated uh, <laughs> it sounds good enough sounds better than what I was saying <laughs> oxidated from uh, just the water itself yeah. uh, and, and this fluid. So a, a few things there, fictional, give us uh, and give Cameron in the writing room of this strategic technology to get us interested into a sci-fi premise, but also create stakes within the story that are called back to and tied back to, if that makes sense. No, yeah, no, absolutely. 
We understand that world better, uh, and and honestly, there's a lot of escalations to this world. There's a hurricane brewing. Uh, there is the the nuke sub itself, the mystery of the abyss, mm-hmm. uh, Soviet involvement. This is a very '80s film, and and how much the Soviets are are top of mind, and and kind of the bad guy without needing to explain a bad guy behind the scenes. Uh, like all movies of this week, the strong elements are unfortunately watered down by the runtime. <laughs> full pun intended. Full pun intended. You, I, I can't tell you how many times in my notes I had to resist putting a water pun. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for every great plot element here yeah. and how much praise I can give to just a, a, a good sci-fi script to mm-hmm. this, all of it is diluted so much by the runtime. Uh, I had a real hard time finding this one, folks, actually currently unlicensed, uh, The Abyss, and I had to scrap around for a torrented copy, and the only available version I had was a director's version, yeah, two hours and 51, <laughs> so now we're, we're clocking it up. It's absolutely, oh, pulling teeth, pulling teeth. I, it's, that, it's crazy that it was so difficult to find, because it's one, it's a Cameron flick. Yes. You know, and it is kind of a big movie. I mean, I remember seeing, I saw, it's been years since I've seen this. Sure, sure. But it was like back in TV days. I remember watching mm-hmm. it on TV, which was even, you know, with, with commercials. Right, right. Um, but it really baffles me that it's so difficult to find. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, you almost feel like you have to knock it almost. This was just uh, like, what zombie film do we have? That was the same exact deal, the one that we're stuck in the mall. Uh, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. And yep. you said the same thing. It was difficult to find to the point where it's like, it's, it's, you almost want to, you almost want to dock the movie a little bit. Yeah, but, you know. yeah. Uh, it, it's, I, I'm definitely torn on it because, if anything, unlicensed, that's that's exactly why. If there's an argument to buy physical, it's right there. Oh, my God. You know? Because it's hell to try to find yeah. this movie, which, it's, it, it, you know, it's it's definitely big on Cameron's repertoire, kind of. Yeah, it's not absolutely. His, it's not like, what is it, Piranha 2 or something sure. like that. Where yeah, you understand. absolutely. Um, Ed Harris, an early role, but a, a good role oh, for I him. Oh, I loved Ed Harris in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even coming off of Aliens, I mean, you know, yes, Cameron is piggybacking off of a franchise, but mm-hmm. like Terminator 1, this is one of his own babies. Yeah. Uh, and clearly, you know, with his obsession with water and, and, and love, actually, of, you know, kind of putting sea oceanic discovery into yeah. his in his type of story. It's just weird and it was a big pr- yeah. and because it was that and he was already kind of a big director it was I think it was 20th Century Fox mm. which it's and it's just weird that you can't get that now. Yeah how is it it's, how is it mm-hmm. you know slipping through the cracks you know you think they would want every last dollar or, or just put it on streaming you yeah. know what I mean? Right, no, of course. Yeah. Now, okay, so going back to everything and going into, is it meandering? Because the thing is, we're kind of stuck with our cast for the most part, right? Yes. We're not dealing with a lot of people. Yes. Which also kind of draws it down a little bit as mm-hmm. far as, let's, let's pick this up a little bit. Let's yeah. pick this up. Yeah. If anything, in the first hour, and again, I'm watching the director's cut, so I, I, I did not watch the original copy out of, you know, uh, out of the inability to. So I don't know where the fat is added to it. I mean, that's 30 minutes of content. When you think about a director's cut, that's actually, I would say, probably above average uh, content More than was. Average, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, we're usually talking about 15, 20 or so. Right. When it comes to that, though, I mean, honestly, I thought I was really engaged first hour, first hour 15. I, uh, again, my praise there is the escalation of everything is really fantastic here. It's just that once we reach a point that everything kind of gets chopped off mm-hmm. and we're just sitting with our with our characters unfortunately it's just it, it it just loses the momentum it had great momentum yeah if anything 
kind of momentum that I was questioning, how are they going to keep this up for the entire film? And we just kind of take a dive off, and there's just too much runway then. There's just wonder, way so, too much runway. So if you cut a half an hour off, do you still think it would be too much? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I will say I was v- morbidly curious to really go out of my way and try to watch a, a normal version of this. Yeah, it's tough to give it a... It's almost like, okay, this is the score for the director's cut, mm. and these are the notes for the director's cut, but at the same time... If there's a guy that can find a movie to watch, even right. if it's unlicensed, it's you. And right, if this right. is the copy you're finding, yep, then yep. that's what we're all subject to. Mm-hmm. Maybe something we can develop in the future. I mean, certainly you and I have talked about this with extended cuts, The Lord of the Rings being a perfect example right, of right. that. You know, they are drastically different movies at that point. Yeah, you know? sometimes, a bit. Um, so, so, But with this, was there obvious moments where you were like, oh, there's no way this... Made it, uh, made it to theatrical. I, I'll tell you, I had a hard time tracking it, actually. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I, you can tell that then that's the way Cameron... I wonder yeah. if it's unlicensed and weird to get because Cameron only wants the director's mm. cut to really be it. Possibly. I mean, he's both writing and directing here. He probably has a lot of control over this. Well, and he's famous for being right. the nitpicker of all nitpickers. Exactly. You know? so, so, but, yeah. it, but very interesting. Yeah, it, it, it is what it is. And I mean, I, I think if anything... Like I said, there's a lot that this film does right. I just feel, you know, it just it goes on a little bit too long, and unfortunately, that is directly in the sights of of that extra thirty minutes or so. Yeah, Cameron's writing here, I think, is bit of a highlight, bit of a bit of a low light as well. It leans on what he knows works best in 1986 Aliens. You have a sci-fi premise, but you make your crew likable. You make your crew mm. scrappy, blue collar. That's exactly what happens here. I mean, with these the, this. This lovable blue-collar diver crew, you know, he gets our foot into the door of of sci-fi. Hell, it even gets our foot into the door of a lot of the escalation and a lot of the tension in the story that this film juggles. And it juggles a lot. Mm. You know, there's a lot going on in that first hour. Yeah. But I think the best thing it does is, again, it, it is the sugar to make the medicine go down, if you will. It is the, uh, you know, the crew is lovable to get us in, get us invested, and get us actually caring about all these concepts going around, well, guess what? We still just care about the crew. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Now, I, I would say, if anything, director's cut or not, this was a fascinating watch because when you watch Avatar, you can really see a direct slope, a direct point-to-point line in Cameron's writing quality. Uh, this being much better. Uh, oh, so than... it, it gets worse and worse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> okay, all right. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, don't get me wrong, the, the bad lines here... Or rather, there are bad lines here. It's a little bit on Cameron's shoulders, but also it's also just very eighties. You know, it's it's eighty nine. Mm, it's very yeah. in its eighties ness to to the feel there. So, with that being said, how was the music then? How was his <laughs> music? I didn't really have notes on this one. Okay. I, I got some notes from music, <laughs> especially True Lies. True Lies got some music notes for sure. But this one, it was just, it's it's very echoey, you know. It's very yeah. you know submarine exploration. I feel like even by '89, the the feel of that is already written. Yeah, yeah, know? definitely. So it's just creating association for the audience, folks. I think unless uh, you are really craving science fiction with an underwater theme, I think this is largely a pass. Uh, not a bad movie at all. Just doesn't give me a huge reason to recommend it, and certainly. This one's hurt as far as the ability and the availability to watch it. Maybe that's something that we can return to in the, you know, the ever-running pro- uh, prospect of this podcast and until I'm on my deathbed. Maybe yep. I'll, I'll return to the, the normal cut of this film. But for now, we're going to go ahead and give The Abyss, 1989, a 59. Wow, 59. Okay. 
Just one of those, it, if anything, to your point, exactly a TV, TV sci-fi. Safe enough for TV. Yes. You know. Nothing quite, maybe the tech is a little bit standout-ish, yeah. but other than that, nothing much. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and definitely not I do like too out there as well. Yeah. You know, as far as a concept or, or highbrow sci-fi or anything like that. I think those the, this was the first movie I saw where I started to like... Ed Harris, like yeah. as far as he started to become, like oh, I like this guy. Yeah, yeah, you know? he's good. He yeah, he's good. <clears throat> and then you saw him in like uh, Apollo thirteen and stuff like mm, that. Very true. Uh, but okay, that's eighty nine. We're in the nineties now. This is nineteen ninety four. Arnold Schwarzenegger is back with him. This is True Lies, and you had said this little. This is kind of a <laughs> the different. This is the black sheep. Yeah, as yeah, far as the, the water's week. concerned. For sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, outlier for this week, uh, both for Cameron's tech advancements. Uh, and being about water in some way. But let me tell you, this is not an outlier in budget. Um, this is a high-end production. Mm. I mean, this movie has some big, big set pieces for being this kind of cutesy romance action film. Uh, and it does highlight the multi-film partnership he has with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, I've never seen True Lies before. I was uh, This was probably the most excited I was this week to watch this film. Okay. I don't, I don't know if it exactly paid off. I don't know. I, I may, I, maybe I overhyped myself a little bit on this, though. But um, True Lies is a three-way split between action, comedy, and romance. Um, in this, it stars Arnie uh, as a international super spy that works for the U.S. government in counterterrorism. Uh, he's the best at what he does, as as Arnold is in most of his, most of his films. You know, he's he's kind of flawless, but that doesn't include being a good husband. Uh, his husband. Uh, or I'm sorry, his wife, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, is uh, is bored to tears by the cover story Arnie gives to keep his secret identity, his secret spy life, um, under wraps. And it's only when he thinks she is cheating on him does he start to get, uh, does it start to grab his full attention, his kind of collapsing marriage. Mm-hmm. I would say Cameron's knack for comedy writing Really, I wouldn't say is a strong suit for him, but surprisingly, it's what works best in this film. Comedy is actually the highlight for me in this, which is totally unexpected because I was, I was thinking that the action was going to be the the highlight. For yeah, you it. don't, you definitely don't think Cameron as a funny guy. Yeah, and you also don't think Arnie as selling comedy too well. Right. I right. mean, I don't know. You have Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, you got Jingle All the Way. Oh, that's right. That's what, yes, of course, Jingle <laughs> and this All the Way. Is, and, and admittedly, this is later in his career as well. But I know? don't know. How was Arnie delivering on the comedy then? I guess okay uh, if you liked it, it. Kind of all right. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, or is it the fact that it's because we're all under the umbrella of, okay, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger acting? Yes, yes. So I, I think it's... Have it's, fun with it, kind of. It's it's have fun with it. I, I think uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. also Tom Arnold in this, mm. all, all funny on their own. I, I, I do think that there is a kind of a cute innocent cat and mouse with Arnie and Jamie that works like most comedies would like most romantic comedies would even so uh, oddly enough it was a it was a highlight for me and I, and like I said you know some certain um, supporting cast Bill Paxton Tom Arnold yeah. I thought that's where the film was working unfortunately it, the action of all things I mean this guy directed Terminator 2 like a phenomenal action aliens a phenomenal action movie well you know that that combination of action is where it kind of kind of see that uh, falls that, off. That's me. really surprising because it is ham one, and then like you said, budget. I mean, the dude has massive budgets. Uh, I mean, yeah. even back then, I think it was one hundred fifteen million dollars to make. Yep. which back then is a big budget <laughs> for a comedy action movie. You right, know? exactly. Yeah. But what was what was lacking in it, or was it just generic? Uh, no, it, the action specifically is is just. 
I mean, the combination of action and comedy works in parts, but it is downright terrible in others. I would say bad mm. action choreography, if I had to really tune into it. Really? Yeah. There are just a few action sequences that look so cheap and so silly. I just really would have rather they not bother with them in the film at all. There's this scene with a horse and a bike shootout. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and they're going up elevators with the horse. And it's just like, oh, my God. This is just like so asinine. I, I just I, it's not even cool. There's, there's not even a rule of cool with the action that I can say, oh, wow, look at this. This is, this is awesome. No, it, it, was, it, was, it was so stupid. There's also a very impressive. Don't get me wrong. It is very impressive. Uh, but there is the most idiotic scene with a Harrier jet that is, I mean, again, phenomenal. I mean, this be, Harrier I, jet, cool technology for the time. It it hovers. It's, sure, sure. You know, it, it's big it's budget. Yeah. Big budget. I know. It's like I, I respect Cameron just throwing a couple jets into his film <laughs> and actually using them in some way. It is the most asinine action sequence I've ever seen. It just takes you out of it completely. I think the action really? is a hardcore failure of this comedy action romance. You know what I mean? So how how split is it? Like, what is our time spent with action? What is, what is our time spent with action or with uh, comedy and then romance? I, I mean, well, it, comedy's mixed in is what it sounds like. Yeah, and that's yeah. What kind of can kill some of the action. And, and romance is really the through line. It's about their, their right. marriage collapsing. It's about finding that love again. Uh, but uh, man, let me tell you. I mean, almost every action wow, sequence annoying. is just it, it's just idiotic. You know, I mean, I'm not going to go by each one. Sure. But specifically, keep an eye, if you do watch this film, <laughs> keep an eye out for horse bike and then the <laughs> Harrier jet. And uh, I, that that is, my argument is done for me, honestly. It's, it's the, you know, if anything, the comedy is more consistent and works in cute ways. Again, it was, it was if anything, it was very cute in its rom-com sure. elements. Okay. And you can still have this espionage thriller plot, but ditch these huge Terminator-level action sequences and set pieces. Uh, When the action switch is turned on, it's like turned on to 11. It's just too much, and it does not jive well with the comedy, you know. And again, the choreography as well. It's just like, oh, my God. Look (laughs) terrible. Look terrible. Let's get to soundtrack notes. Really bad soundtrack here. Uh... Uh, we've talked about this before, Tom. The, yeah. the 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 '90s Casio keyboard garbage, the cheap hor- mm-hmm. digital mm-hmm. horns. I've described it before as the next gen Star Trek next gen sound to it. Okay, you have described um, that before, yes. Yeah, that is that is what this soundtrack is. You know, folks, if you've never seen Star Trek next gen or don't know it, you know, encyclopedically like myself or something like that, but it, it it's man, it is just that. Digital Casio keyboard brassy garbage yep. that plagues '90s films uh, and is used on the more comedy lighthearted side of this film. Also, Living Color, the band, uh, does some licensed music, which adds to the whole '90sness uh, of, of the film. And uh, yeah, just just not good marks for me. Not good. Um, this movie also legitimately ends three times over and still goes. <laughs> Um, That's a encore. Right, right. Yeah, it was. It was it, like three times. I was like, okay, it's wrapping up. And then I checked, and I was like, wait, what, how much is left? What, what's going to happen? And then you know, we have these, these, these crazy, you know, Terminator level action sequences thrown in there towards the end. How it's long is this good. one? Two twenty one. All right, so it is the shortest. 
Well, no, the abyss. Well, kind of. The abyss kind is, right. is two twenty with director's cut. It's not right, right. But uh, it's two twenty one. Yeah, the shortest I, I had the pleasure of yes. experiencing yeah, exactly, this yeah. week. I, I don't know where my criticism goes, but I, I was I was losing my mind over <laughs> how. I mean, this film ends like three times. So it over. wasn't like Return of the King, where oh. you could end it multiple times, or people thought endings are coming. Uh, maybe slightly. Uh, it was it was unreal, okay. Tom. It was unreal. <laughs> like things wrap up. Think we have the nice music, the nice like '90s, like you know, it's about to fade to black, and then all of a sudden the 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 stakes are brought back up to eleven. You know, it's right. crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and, and like I said, the film actually works as a, a cute rom com in parts, but especially around the dull marriage thrusted into this into this spy plot. You know, that's a cute concept. I think it worked in a lot of ways. I think Arnie and Jamie work most of all which is i think that's the the most important piece but everything else i was not digging and unfortunately the action most of all we're going to go ahead and give true lies a 48 okay oh it's a 48 that's yeah. uh, what was it it, it it was an easy it was an easy criticism for me though because the action was just so misplaced and so high budget it really you watch this film and you really just understand it intrinsically. You know, it was just one of yeah. those things just like it, it, it's, wait, not only is this not cool, why is there such emphasis put on it? Mm -hmm. You know? When clearly the film works in other areas much better. Yeah, it's it I it's just like it's one of those I don't want to say generic action nineties films. Because mm. there is something different about it, kind of. Yeah. But at the same time, no. Yeah. I mean that must have been a pretty dis big disappointment then. Yeah, I, I mean Maybe not a when disappointment. It was more so mind blowing. The film is 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 wild. The film <laughs> really? is wild. I don't, yeah. What's funny is every time when I think of James Cameron, this never comes up in my head. When I think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, True Lies always actually pops up in my head. Really, mm -hmm. really, yeah. Maybe not first in line. Yeah, but iconic yeah. for Jamie Lee as well. So yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, okay. Well, <laughs> we're gonna drop that then. That was ninety four. Yeah, yeah. And then from then for three years, he works big time. I'm surprised this movie came out three years later. I uh, for sure. You know what I mean? No one camera how monumental. Yes. Uh this of course is a big boy. This is Titanic. This is also big time. It's three hours and fourteen minutes. It came out in ninety seven. Where do we want to start here? I mean, the this is real time production here. Two hundred million dollar budget. Yeah. Or something you know, estimated around there. Yep, yep. This was this broke records. Yeah. And broke many records. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. This has won 11 Oscars, yep. which I think has only been tied, like we spoke about in the special, Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. uh, Return of the King, won, mm -hmm. won 11, mm -hmm. nominated for 14, I believe. So Highest grossing for who knows how long. I mean, I feel like highest grossing is a statistic that's always moving now, but I feel like Titanic had the crown for such a long time. Yes. Especially pre-Marvel. So I always look at, I'll always look at that kind of stuff, top grossing. I like looking at the adjusted prices mm. to kind of get it more. Right. You know what I mean? But when you just look at t ticket sales for this, I think it's still ranked fourth or something like that, mm. even after all these years. Mm. Uh, like some stuff that beats it was uh, A New Hope. Mm, of course. Of course. But and that's look. on the adjusted of it. That's a, no, that's of that's a number of tickets sold. Oh, so it doesn't see, matter what the price is. It's oh, actually how okay. many people Units. bought tickets, mm. which is I think that's the most impressive thing because that's it tr is. truly how many people are going out, sitting in the theater and watching. I I think that's great. And point. honestly, I think it's a new hope. I think it's E. T. And that's it. Uh, Gone with the Wind, mm. I think, is the biggest. Wow. I think Gone with the Wind takes it like like massively. Yeah. But it, it and then see, when you would do adjusted as far as price goes, mm -hmm. it's still is seventh. Uh, as far as lifetime gross, but that's U U.S. overall. It made two point two billion. Wow, 
Wow. Big move. There were re-releases, and that adds to it. Of course, I think absolutely. It, I literally think it made like, uh, I want to say, sixty-five million. Wow. Alone in re-releases, then wow. came out in like three D and all that. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I could imagine. And the twenty-fifth anniversary, especially with cameras uh, or uh, Cameron's camera tech uh, behind it. Then, right, you know, kind of re-releasing this. So big movie, big awards. Yeah, uh, it was in theaters for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. I think we brought it up the other week. Uh, I forget, but uh, it was came out. On week 16, it became number, it was number one again. Oh, and right. And the only movie to really do that since is Top Gun Maverick. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. But Can't escape Top Gun. Why don't you roll with it a little bit? Uh, well, it's the film I always remembered on two VHS tapes. That's how I always yes. remembered this. Yes, one. my grandparents. My grandparents had a box. Yep, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, and maybe that you know is a bridge in, in kind of talking about how this was um, you know such a such a colossal success. And, and, and honestly, I mean, this film took over the '90s. Uh, I would say. In the 90s, this had cultural impact like Star Wars, maybe not among sci-fi, not among nerds, but uh, but just that pop culture, everything latched on to Titanic. Um, and I'll tell you what, Star Wars didn't have Celine Dion with a hit song to <laughs> supercharge it. I mean, I don't really talk about you know the main licensed uh, music, especially in films in the 90s. There's so much licensing that goes on in soundtracks. Yeah. Uh, but Celine D- Dion, I mean, she just... She put her whole, whole soul into this, and uh, it, it shows. I mean, it is a, a a song that is, the motif is incorporated over and over again in the film, mm-hmm. and it just kind of builds with the romance, and... and, and uh, It fits. Yeah, it, it fits. It I mean, and it's a good song, too. I mean, I'll say this a few times. I would have loved to come into this and hate on this film, but even watching it all the way through, I can't hate on this film. Uh, this is a a great movie, and uh, there's so many moving parts to why it works. I feel like this was the only time this week that I was seeing Cameron's obsession with high end production really paying off in a major way. Yeah, uh, and true obsession. Yeah. I mean, like this might be <laughs> yeah. obsession is the word. Yeah. yeah, to the point where no one likes him. His crew had a nickname for him. Yep, because he didn't want they didn't want him to overhear. Like if they wanted to shit on him, mm-hmm. they would just use a code name. Yeah, yep. they could be shitting on like right around him. They could still right. be shitting on him. But no one really liked him. Mm. But you're right when it comes to details. And I think even look, he I mean he goes crazy on the Avatar movies. Yeah, uh, Avatar one and two for sure. Mm-hmm. The amount of detail what goes into it. But because so much of other stuff is almost outsourced with the tech sure. and everything like mm-hmm. that these days, mm-hmm. his involvement with Titanic is out, was just like out of control right, to right. the point where the proper stampings on the porcelain plates that were used Yo. and all like even that kind of stuff. Yep. Everything. Uh, 150 extras on Titanic, all with their own backstories mm-hmm. and their own stories themselves. James Cameron sat down with all 150 extras yeah, yeah. Uh, to discuss who they were, mm. their story, why they were on the ship, right? everything. Right. Uh, it was It's unreal. Yeah. The making of the actual Titanic real size, too. Yes. Yeah, the, the care into interiors uh, of the film. I mean, the practical effects, I think, are the most impressive part. And that's where, I mean, mm. to your point, he's... I mean, I really, I don't know how involved Cameron is in, you know, CGI of Avatar and whatnot. This feels like it's his realm. He's thinking about how the filming is getting done on this massive replica Titanic. And I think because it's practical, he's able to have his fingers so deep into everything. Mm, We're like, you need dozens of animators to be doing the proper, like, you know what I mean? The gritty stuff when it comes to Avatar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. With Titanic, because it's just, it's... Him, his choreography of how he wants all the scenes to go. Yep. And yeah, him, it's 
all really down to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's all just true, real no real CG. Uh yeah, the CG is is basically in the outsides of the frames. It's the distance, it's mm-hmm, some yeah. water, it's some some tricks to obviously once, you know, things go disastrous with it, it it's just to, to sell the angle of it, but yeah. even like down to the the this replica boat being tilted, apparently they could tilt the entire thing 90 degrees yeah. in this stage. Insane. I mean, a- absolutely insane. They could do that, and then they they made it in four different sections, yep, so they yep. could kind of twist it and do whatever they want mm-hmm. with that specific section that was shot. And then, I mean, they use bigotures, which we love yep. bigotures. You oh, look at Lord of the Rings. It's when they really were tipping and messing with the boat big time and everything mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. man, it's such a, it's such an ode to practical effects. Yeah, it's what we love. We yep. love practical effects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's that's where I was. You know, again, I was coming into this film. Knowing how colossal it was, knowing on how many levels it does work, and I wish I could have been a hater of this, but I, I was, I, I was enveloped I into it. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, both for film production, but also story as well. You know, what I mean, it is a, it is a one of the greatest romances. Uh, you know, and then it has this this historical significance. You know, this technical prowess. You know, there's uh, so many levels that Titanic works. And uh, why don't we why don't we get into some? I mean, obviously. I'm pretty sure a lot of people know what the story is about, but let me give some some uh, summary here. The story follows Rose, a fictional survivor of the Titanic that narrates her experience on the first and last voyage of this ship. Her past holds a great romance, perhaps, honestly, one of the greatest romances all film. Uh, Kate Winslet plays uh, the younger Rose, uh, jaded by her kind of predictable life of luxury and here to steal 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 her away is leo dicaprio playing jack a poor drifter that shows her to truly live life for the first time and um you know it's a lot how long is titanic 315 <laughs> doozy a doozy <laughs> it is a doozy but this lady in the tramp type type of romance i mean it sounds predictable when summarized but I got to tell you, I really enjoyed the romance right until the very last moment of this film. Uh, I, I think I, I think uh, it, it's it's very charming in its nineties-ness. Uh, it's very charming the chemistry between Kate Winslet and Leo DiCaprio as yeah. well. I mean, they make it for sure. Yeah, and maybe that's a no duh, but mm-hmm. there is they sell it basically. They make it real. They make it feel real. Right. I mean, Rose annoys me big time oh really and i think she gets more love like sure she deserves some hate <laughs> as far as the character kate winslet's great but she, that character deserves some hate right right she's annoying you sure sure but anyway they sell it great uh leo just the perfect age mm-hmm. is around at the perfect time yes he, oh absolute great point tom i don't know there's right a, place right time. there's some other actors absolutely. at this time that could actually that could do this for yes. sure for mm-hmm. sure but Man, Leo is so solid. Yeah, like, supercharged it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, big time. And, and much like my point with the Celine Dion track, again, a element that could supercharge a film on its own, it is working together in tandem with all of these pieces yeah. supercharging. Yeah, it, definitely. You know? uh, yeah, I don't think it. It's everyone knows that song. Mm-hmm. It's not big because of years and talking about it. You know how we talk about it. A, a film has to be good because it's just considered good for so long. Sure, sure. Synonymous. Yep, yep. I think the film. And the song do actually work hand in hand. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just culture that made the song mm. big. It, it was perfect for the film as well. I, I think so. I, I, one note that I had when watching this, uh, I kept on saying to myself, you know, I, I haven't seen this film since I was a child. Probably once and done since I was a child. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and yet, it, 
like 100% of this massive three hour and 15 minute mm-hmm. runtime felt so familiar. Every beat of the mm, film yeah. felt so familiar. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that plays into this, I don't know, it's it's appropriate in itself. It's, um, yeah. it's lasered in to what it needs to be. I'll so. tell you, to the testament of that though, that's awesome because there's people that just know so much about this film mm-hmm. and even know it's coming and you're sitting down and watching but still like even though it's so familiar sure. still really quite liking it mm-hmm. it's 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 25 years old now too yeah. so it's that's awesome that in modern day watch it's still holding up pretty good absolutely absolutely and if anywhere i think it slightly suffers is maybe a little bit of the 90s-ness of the dialogue definitely mm. again cameron's writing I think it was perfect for the 80s, but it has not evolved once since the 80s. So I, we, we more and more as the time stretches out uh, and we get farther away from his comfort zone or his comfort, you know, uh, of how his writing style, uh, you know, appeals to, it gets more and more weaker. This, I th- still think it works because, it's, again, it's the stakes here are kind of a cutesy romance. It can be. Uh, 90s in its approach like certainly easier can be easier yeah. of a script to write yeah. but I gotta tell you I don't think I ever think of decent writing in James Cameron right. in the same right. sentence you exactly. know what I mean yet but he is a but you he know, does. a director writer combo I know I just know. like Nolan and all the other greats yeah, Tarantino absolutely yep. yeah, for me it was working though I, I think that's the note you know yeah are there some times that it doesn't work sure but in that again the genre is a match it's just this romance kind of turned into disaster movie right but the romance still is the through line through that disaster. And sometimes movie. it works with the dialogue too. I'm yeah. thinking of some scenes specifically with Leo because mm-hmm. he's so good at selling them, or he's with some of the more elites. Yes, and the way he blends into it a little yep, bit yep. that makes it his kind own. of sticks it's, to him. Yeah, it's pre- it's pretty solid. Absolutely. We 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 covered a lot of the practical effects. I would just say one more thing that I would return to is just the the, the care put into. And really painstaking care put into interiors, yeah. like you said, with the stamping and whatnot. Oh, the wallpaper, interior design, oh, yeah, yeah, the 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 stairwells and whatnot. And mm-hmm. these are all recreations from the historical photos that that Cameron has presumably become obsessed with, just with his water exploration as well. Everything, everything, even the things that launched the uh, the boats off and everything. Yeah, right. Because right. they were when they, need, they needed to work properly and work how they actually worked in, sure. in real life. It's sure. down to everything. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Which props, I mean props, you know, I mean we could easily shit on camera right. all, all episodes, but we do really have to like, there's definitely credit to, to give. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm, let, me, let me shit on it a little bit. Though. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Lang's folks, because at exactly an hour and 40 in, this movie could practically end, honestly. This 100% romance turns into what we know the story to be, a disaster. A boat sinking for your closing act, but that closing act is close to two hours. I mean, it's it's just a lot. To sit it's a lot, yeah. Now, again, the silver lining here is that the romance is the through line. It is the payoff. You know, the, the, the disaster does have payoff to the romance. So I think it is acceptable, but... You know, well, there's uh, action, there's suspense, there's thrillingness. Yeah, you know what I mean. It is, it is part of it. It's terrifying. Yep, yep. You know, so it's not necessarily boring. Yeah, but it's, it's just, long. It's it's hard for me to see this film and separate it from my usual criticism with all disaster films hmm. that it is kind of one note. It's Tower Inferno. You put enough time between this, that eventually these effects are going to look dated. Right, right. And eventually, uh, the disaster isn't going to hit as well. You know, Cameron's budget here and his attention to detail, his obsession, um, you know, it helps build towards that payoff. 
I, I would say in ways the production or, or this disaster piece has a problem with excess because he obviously loves what he's able to do so much with this oh, production. Yeah, yeah. It's just after a while, I mean, I as much as praise I can give to him being able to flip this replica boat 90 degrees in the air. I mean, that's incredible. It Movie-wise, I don't think we need a nearly two hours of runtime being the closing act of this film. I feel like it's a bit off balance uh, I think for it, that reason. I think that would be the note of a lot of people who watch it, too. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you're over the three-hour mark, mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, you better watch it. Yeah, you better. You better need it. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you can cut 15, probably right, should right. cut 15. Yeah. And would do a lot. I yeah. mean, there's not much that you've said. What was it, Magnolia? That, uh, that you gave right. the stamp of approval. Sure. That was 310. Sure. But it, you, you make a good point. You make a good point where... Yeah. I love that Magnolia sticks out in your mind so much. Well, we don't do too many over three hours. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And I was shy. It sticks out because it was three hours and you actually liked it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I liked that it was three and 10. Right, right. And, and I think, I guess, to to elaborate on my note here, it's... You know, this 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 could even still be a three hour and fifteen romance. Uh, it's just that the closing act of this film is practically oh, yeah. two hours. It's definitely an hour mm-hmm. and forty for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 just taking that act and and making it you know so long. And again, that's where we get a lot of iconic, uh, like a lot of iconic scenes, a lot of through line, and a lot of payoff within the action for the romance between Jack and Rose. So I, I am giving it a pass ultimately, but it is just incredibly lobsided uh, for that reason. And uh, yeah, let's see. Let's, <laughs> let's get in the water. Let's get in the water. Um, we do get a lot of those. I, he loves filling rooms with water. And it's honestly, it's, it never fails. It's always That's terrifying. Good. It's it always is terrifying. terrifying. I mean, that water scene in Titanic, they had one shot yeah. to do it because mm. it was going to destroy all the interior. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They had one shot to get it right. And yeah. they did. Wow. Wow. Don't forget who the captain is either. Who? <laughs> Captain is King King Theoden in Lord of the Rings. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. One of the most noble in the film, actually. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's, he's the best. He's, there's a lot of there's a lot of crappy moral characters here, but he's 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 a good mm, it's, one. It's so true, he's yeah. He's a good one. Boy, the things that have come out of this movie, just think about it. I mean, the band <laughs> playing. Yeah. I, I hear reference I heard references to that recently. It was just like, really? you know, it's just okay, so we're it was just like talking about America. Sure, it's sure. Just like, all right, so we're just the band still playing <laughs> on the Titanic. All right. Uh, and I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. I, I don't think he would be out of line, and I think the vast, vast, vast majority of people would agree with the length. Yeah, I think at worst, uh, just to put a bow on it, um, it, it for me, it kind of dulled the experience because if anything, I enjoyed yeah. the romance, I enjoyed the 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 meat cute, if you will, of Jack and Rose so much. Yeah. Yes, it is the most tear jerking, dramatic payoff to have this tied within the that disaster of the Titanic. I just feel like. Man, it's just like it, it dulls. It's the almost like yeah. The more it draws bit. it out, the less impactful yeah. the entire thing is. Overall. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, uh, well, I mean, obviously, we would we would go deeper if we could do spoilers and whatnot. But, yeah. Uh, for the five but, people who haven't watched, it. Right, right? Actually, maybe there's a lot of people who haven't seen it because it's just like oh, Titanic. I think people want to hate it. Yeah. And also, Titanic could have like a Godfather effect. It's just like oh, I know it's good, but I didn't watch right. it. You know. And then they look at the time, and yeah. it's just like no, that's not happening. Bingo. But folks, uh, what else do you want me to say? It is probably one of the biggest films ever made, and uh, production alone, honestly, should be applauded. Believe me, uh, like I said earlier, 
Uh, I would have loved to be a hater and tear it up this film, but both to my experience rewatching it and to the legend that it lived up to be, uh, I would say there are so many aspects that are just exceedingly well done for this film. And all of it seems to be tied to Cameron's strong project management to pull off such a huge concept. So have you watched it? Great. If you haven't watched it, you probably should. We're going to go ahead and give Titanic an 81. Ooh, 81 into the 80s. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's good. I, I I like that score. Yeah. I like that yeah. score because it's not in the... I like that it's not in the must-watches. Mm-hmm. They didn't crack over the <laughs> right, 85s, right. personally. Because I definitely have problems with it. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. for sure. For sure. But at the same time, there's too much right with it. I mean, that kind of sounds like a backhanded <laughs> compliment, but uh, there's... I, let me... Let me, let me no, I like it. I like it. And the fact yeah. that it's an 81, and as you said, if you haven't watched it, you actually probably should. Exactly. It's still exactly. an 81. That's yeah. a high score for us. That's where I feel like the 80s is just like, yeah, you need to make time for this. Yeah. Oh, big, big time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even when you get up into the 70s, like 78, 79 is a very good score. Absolutely. On the daily ratings. So, okay. Well, we have a 12-year gap now. <laughs> a big, a big, uh, a big inhale. We got a, we got a big boy yeah. on our hands here. <laughs> uh, okay. So, it's 2009. It's a 12-year gap. Two hours and 42 minutes. This is Avatar. Mm. This is the top grossing of all time. Yep. And again, it doesn't really hold up when you do adjusted. Adjusted and everything like that. Oh, okay, it doesn't okay. hold up for ticket sales. Interesting. But props are props are due. It made sure. that much money. It made 2.9. And I'm assuming if it has 20-year anniversaries, 25-year anniversaries, mm. gonna go even I, in higher. the future, it's going to crack $3 billion. Yep. And it's just about there. Let's dip in to Avatar. Do we want to talk about production first? Oh, want to get into film? I no, mean, what do you want? I want, to- I want to talk about the environment around the film. First. Okay, all right, yep. Tom, I feel like they were slipping me crazy pills. When <laughs> the hell did people start saying this was a good movie? I feel uh, like you know, you jump back to two thousand nine. I thought the entire world sang in unison. We all said it was Dances with Wolves. We all said it was Pocahontas, and we were all yes. fine with it just being, you know, visual eye candy that was the highest grossing. You know what I mean? But we, no one said it was a good movie. No one said it was a good movie. So tell me why these turncoats online, <laughs> these absolute charlatans online, are now uh, saying that they're on their knees for the original. It's unreal. It is unreal. I completely agree with you. Yeah. I completely agree with you. People are being phony as hell. No this. one liked this movie. No one. I mean, for the three people out there, fine, sure. Okay. Yeah. We're talking generalities. Right. No one liked this Everyone film. Everyone said it was Pocahontas. Everyone said it was Dances with Wolves. And where I generally stay away from, I'll stay away from video reviews. Sure. Like I won't do a lot of video reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this, I was going back and especially mm-hmm. for Way the Water and everything like that, or whatever it's called. The amount of positive talk on Avatar uh, 1 unreal. was like, there's no way. Yeah. And some of these guys are big guys. Some of these guys are big time reviewers, mm-hmm. and I, you lose a little respect for that. Absolutely, because uh, it's like no. Yeah, what about bad, bad writing? I mean, the writing. The, oh. well, we'll get into. Oh, we'll, we'll get, get into, into it. it. We'll, we'll get, get into, into it. it. But uh, turncoats, 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 turncoats. And I bring it up just because. I mean, believe me, I am I am far from perfect. But if there is anything I try to achieve, is consistency. And I'm going to have to be consistent with them. So, folks, I got to come clean. This was rated already. And I have to say, I agree with the rating. It ain't good. Let me get to work a little bit. Avatar focuses on Jake Sully, a handicapped future Marine given a second chance through the alien planet Pandora. His consciousness is inserted into a host body 
and that body is grown to reflect the home species of the planet, the Navi. Blue Native Americans, basically, uh, they have a tail that can incorporate or, or, or kind of mind jack themselves into um, plant life of Pandora. Uh, and that really is what gives us this kind of Pocahontas premise, you know, something that the film is always pigeonholed with. Jake infiltrates the Navi to learn their ways, but in the end sees the greater truth by adapting with them. And I gotta say, rewatching this film, yeah. that's not the problem. The, the problem is not that it's Pocahontas. It's not that it's Dances with Wolves. The problem is that James Cameron is still writing in the 80s, and this film yes. is in 2009. It's not impressive at all. Oh, yeah. The script you, you and I, yeah, twelve years ago could have written. Oh yeah, could have written better. Oh yeah, an Avatar script. Oh yeah, and it's just so true. And it's a cool premise. I mean, this this host uh, body, he has a second chance. You know, what I mean, listen, there's a listen, lot the, that could go right. The here. premise is fine. Right, right. The premise is fine. Yeah, it's not great yeah. in any way. I, 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 we Nintendo Wii had already come out. <laughs> Okay, so the fact I like that. That's the 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 time marker. So the fact of everybody. So when this movie came out, mm-hmm. for me, it was very. I couldn't not think of Nintendo Wii. Really? Why? Why the Wii specifically? Because when it came out, the Avatar was so hot. Oh. Everybody got their Wii, and you were able to dress up oh, your the Avatar. Mies. Oh, yeah. And you were able to do your own thing, and it was its own that's thing. That's true. It, there was very so true. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I, I I I don't think any part of this story is amazing. Uh, visionary and the writing absolutely i mean the right uh, yeah. the writing is nothing mm. special about it mm. nothing i know i know the script is is just total cheesy garbage uh like actual literal trash folks <laughs> i mean i i cannot understand it there is zero effort put into making these dialogue sequences science fiction. The setting is supposed to be 2150, yet people reference pop culture from the 80s and 90s constantly. And that's what I mean. You can really feel Cameron's writing here, especially in the villains. I mean, I think the villains are where this sinks the most, actually. And and coming from me, you know, I mean, Tom, you know how much I... I can get behind a movie just for it. Oh, you, yeah, you're the villain guy. You yeah. will, you will always vote and uh, go for the villain. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this, of course, reaches critical mass. Uh, oh, uh, Cameron's writing that is reaches critical mass in the MacGuffin of the film. The whole reason the military is on Pandora in the first place, the asinine named mineral unobtainium. Yeah, which, bad. honestly, it, it, watching the film again, they could have easily just cut that scene. It's it's like one scene that they mention it, and yes, so it is true. the reason why they're on the planet, yeah. but man, it's just so bad. Uh, full respect to Cameron as a director and a tech innovator, but get him out of the writing room. 2009, he's done. He's he he he's, I, he's done with writing. You gotta you've gotta get someone with a fresher perspective or at least a new perspective. Let me that. tell you this, it, and I think it's he shows his age in more than one way. Mm-hmm. Okay, writing, he's showing his age. Yep. And he's just showing no growth there. Mm-hmm. And what's shocking is you're going from Titanic, okay, where he nailed it. Yes. With Leo and Kate Winslet. Sure. Okay. His cast for Avatar is not a multi-billion dollar movie. Oh, His no. cast for Avatar is garbage. Right, right. And I'm serious. And I actually, I mean, I, I Zoe Saldana, I really like. <laughs> 
Everybody else either didn't even like Giovanni Ribisi. Oh, why is he worst the like bad guy? Oh, part of the whole military bros. It's it, it doesn't make sense. I think the casting was terrible. I think yeah. he was trying to. Leo already had a name, kind of, sure. by the time Titanic. But obviously, what Titanic did to him was astronomical. Mm, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Cameron wanted to do the exact same to Sam Worthington, yep. and failed because we all. I'm oh. sorry. You take one look at Sam Worthington, you see him acting with three sentences, oh. and it's like this guy's generic. This guy's just vanilla pudding. Yeah, and this whole movie is vanilla pudding. A uh, bad accent, discount bin, uh, New York accent. Uh, the entire film. Uh, it is so ridiculous, and obviously I, it, he's carrying this into the sequel as well. Oh, oh, they're back! Oh yeah, they're back, is, baby! They're back. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, right? That's how you say her name. Uh, Sig- Sigourney. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Uh, fine, but just like her position is so generic. Yeah, smoking of the cigarettes, which again, oh right, which right. goes back to this movie feels like you're in 2009. Yeah, and it's you're so right with that. Mm. It 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 doesn't feel like we're in the year we're supposed to be in. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, well, more so, it just doesn't approach any of the challenges that a sci-fi pre- presents. Primarily, making people sound like they're from the future, uh, mm. and instead. Just has the, the cultural stuff. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just terrible. It's just terrible. Um, the, the, the amount of people speaking English, the amount of people that can actively, as far as characters, actively speak Navi, the language, mm-hmm. uh, and just they decide to speak English, and then it forces the aliens to speak English as well. You know, I don't need a huge amount of explanation here, but like. Something like Star Trek, you know, you have a universal translator. There's there's a line of dialogue that says, oh, yeah, you know, everything's getting worked out. There's nothing like that here. No. I was, nothing. I, I didn't like the tech. I thought the tech could have been cooler, too. Oh, yeah. And yeah. like you said, the callbacks to the 80s, the fact that she's just smoking normal cigarettes, and it's just like, oh, okay, oh, we just, have this chick, we have this, the, yeah. you know? Very generic. Yes, character. exactly. Yeah. And Michelle Rodriguez, I never liked her, oh. ever. I hate Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> I think I gotta jump ahead she's just to the She's the worst part in Lost. She's horrible in Lost. Is I never liked lost? her. Oh, she's in Lost, all right. Absolutely, oh, wow. she's in Lost. But let's do the actor breakdown. Sam Worthington. Sorry, I started. Uh, uh, trash. P- uh, please stop talking, sir. He is the only <laughs> reason. He's the only reason there's English with the aliens. And again, this discount bin New York accent yeah. only gets worse going into the sequel. It is crazy. It gets worse. Yeah, everyone else speaks Navi, the, the native language. Everyone, including him at a certain point, but yet he just gets to speak English like a bro. It's it's crazy. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, I love normally horrible here. The amount of exposition she spews out Good. of her mouth. I didn't want to say, I didn't want to shit on her too much. I, I really didn't like her. Yeah, yeah. I, I love her normally. I mean, obviously, I, yeah. Alien is one of my favorite I, movies of all time. We're not saying we don't like her, but boy, oh yeah. boy. Yeah, uh, unreal. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez, I, I hate her in everything. Uh, Literally everything. I, everything. God help me when I have to review the 30-plus Fast and Furious films. Like, oh, my God. I'll tell you what. I, it's crazy. Yeah. All of the military bros and Stephen Lang, it's like they try to make the commando elite from Small Soldiers a serious villain. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Stephen yes. Lang is practically steps away from saying Gorgonite scum. Like, <laughs> it is... So bad. It is so bad. They went into James. I, again, I don't get it because you had Leo and Kate, Lins, Kate Winslet with, yep. with Titanic. Mm-hmm. And then he went into, what did you say, discount bin? Yeah. I mean, he just Pretty opened. Pretty much. He, okay, who are my C and D actors that I get to yeah. choose from? He forgot about all celebrity. It seems I know. like he had a budget of $237, $240 million. Mm-hmm. 
It, 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 and Stephen Lang, it's just like it, it discount Ben generic yeah. military guy. Yeah, military. Bro. Joel David Moore is in it way too much. Yeah. He just he del- I liked him in Dodgeball <laughs> right, as the right. nerdy guy in Dodgeball right. who falls in love with the Russian or whatever the <laughs> Russian dodgeball player. He doesn't deserve to be in this yeah, film. Get him out. Get him out. I go, uh, Rabizzi, I love Rabizzi. Sure. Not. Not I lo- here. I like him he in, gives the unobtainium I line. like him in Friends. I like him in Save sure. Private Ryan. Sure. I don't like him in this film at all. Yeah. He doesn't fit. It's bad. And, and again, I think I think the key thing here is that it's it's two steps. It's ba- some bad cast choices, but it is also very clearly bad writing. Um, Zoe Saldana, I would say, is probably the only highlight, but... Not to be nitpicky, but she just cries so weird. In this. she just cries. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's the performance capture yeah, that what, is not able to capture. No, that gets it, it pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. When you see her face actually acting and do the behind the scenes, it's just weird. Crying. It's her, yeah. but we do like her. Yeah, yeah. She's probably the best part about That's it. That's definitely nitpick. Why don't we talk about some innovation wise for the film? Because I, I, I had yeah, that I have a nitpick with them. you actually. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Okay. No, but go ahead. Innovation wise, I think this film is a serious benchmark. You know, Cameron wasn't pleased with simple motion capture. Uh, he wanted to develop a more detailed performance capture. So instead of just balls on the actor, there is a full rig on the face to capture the mm-hmm. the very specific movements. We, of course see this in Andy Serkis's Gollum uh, earlier in the 2000s. Uh, but Cameron really taking it well, to the next level yeah. is, you know, I, I, I don't say unfortunately, but this film has so much of an impact on what we see and CGI involvement of sound stages, of performance capture. I don't think without Avatar, we see the modern Marvel landscape nowhere near to the extent of what we see in Endgame, where it's all CGI performance capture for Josh Brolin, for Thanos, for instance. There is just so much done performance capture-wise, and of course, the plague of 3D tech as well. I mean, after Avatar, everything. Everything, everything. Aftermarket 3D on it, just slap it on, I mean... You know, these now, things to fair, are to fair, landmarks. Yeah, but. it's not like Cameron kicked off that. Sure. Like a big one was, we talked about it recently, uh, gosh, the old Nordic tale. Oh, uh, Beowulf. Yeah, Beowulf, I think, was 07. Uh, yes, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was two years before. That was sure. already in the big, that was in the real 3D game. Yep, yep. But this helped propel it. This kept it alive and going. Yes. This is why your TV at home came with 3D glasses. <laughs> we were joking. I, <laughs> I bought a weird, a weird. Expensive it's, it's TV. Also, it's also plasma as well. It's like not, <laughs> I don't know how it's still around, actually. I, I want to make a comment to what you just said, though, where I don't think we would get these big sets, this mocap stuff sure, as sure. far as we would. I do disagree with that. Okay. Um, I think. I think it was already happening and it was all it really stems so much mm. um not not from the star wars films mm-hmm. um even as much as that guy loves tech george lucas yeah but really did come from lord of the rings and weta mm-hmm. yeah it, well, oh, well uh, i mean yeah. andy circus absolutely andy circus ended up well let me go back yeah lord of the rings weta workshop yeah. because you look at already with king kong as well don't you can't forget about that that's so four. Oh. Very true. And Very that's true. and I think that won us some awards as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and coming off of that, I still think if you don't have Avatar, I still think you have Andy Circus doing the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, reboot. true. And that true. was serious mocap as well. Yes. And good mocap. Yep. So you said serious props, technical innovation, mm-hmm. yada yada. Mm-hmm. Other people 
have this innovation. Mm. What I want to give props to Cameron for is mm-hmm. the vision to put it all together. Sure. Cameron knows how to get the guys. Yeah. Okay. I'll never forget. I it was I was in I think I was in high, yeah, I was in high school and the teacher was made a comp. It was like everyone was gushing for James Cameron. Right, everyone. Right, right. As we and have he now, made a comment. Basically. He was like, really, if you think about it, James Cameron, you could also he's a director, he's a writer, he produces, he does this. And <laughs> then he goes, You could really add like scientists to that Stop. and i was like i gave just the biggest i wanted <laughs> i wanted to shit on that teacher so much yeah. and humiliate him because it's like no no he's even, not a scientist and even going back and doing research for this film and avatar 2 yeah he knows the guys that know how to do it and mm-hmm. are the innovators yeah if you look at the animated work that they handed to Weta, mm-hmm. it looks hilarious. It's sure. Weta that cleans it up and makes it good. Mm, true. It's a guy, he goes and gets the camera, okay? Yep. With the water shots we're going to talk about in the new film. Sure. He didn't develop the camera. The other guy kind of developed a right, decent camera. Right. But He's the driver. Right. But all props to him for bringing it all together and doing it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. sticking with that unbelievable vision. I think you make a great point, though, that it probably would have come together with without to, in, in, in 2009. Actually, you made a great point with uh, the uh, Planet of the Ape remakes. Uh, and actually, I think a connection there is that he grabs the two writer duos for uh, working on uh, Avatar Way right? Yeah. Really? It is the it is the uh the i guess they're husband and wife or something like that uh the, but uh the weta guys or uh, no no no, no the, the writers, the writers right, okay. um from from the uh planet of the apes remakes so really what what falls through i think is just again in that performance capture of the faces you know it looks good you get you still get some uncanny valley you still get some weird shots with teeth yeah. uh, crying it's just just i don't know there's there's just something that's off about it yet uh so uh, we do see that innovated upon, but you know, yeah, I'm I'm not one to to be giving huge amount of praise for this, you know, just just for oh. just for visual fidelity or eye candy. Uh, speaking of visual fidelity, let me get back to a little bit of bitching because uh, how the tech is implemented is a different story. All of the sci-fi designs are the most basic, yes. unimaginative, uninspired concept I have ever seen. If James Cameron personally brought these mech designs to me, I would laugh in his face. <laughs> Let me tell you. I mean, these mechs, they look like something from the Matrix trilogy, uh, mm. uh you know, yeah. almost 10 years before. It yeah. is not uh, inventive in the slightest and I I feel like did you ever hear about this like avatar post avatar depression syndrome? No, please do tell. Okay, so at the time apparently there was this documented depression syndrome that people were watching Avatar and they were having waves of depression because they could not be on Pandora. It was too beautiful. It oh created a longing to... I'm sorry. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Trash. Trash. Even looking... I mean, I remember seeing it new, fresh, in theater. Right. It looked like a video game. Yeah. It still looked like a video game Exactly. A good video game, a very, very good video game. Sure. But it still looked like but a, video a video game. game. Yeah. Yes. As does the new one, honestly. Let me tell you, depression. If, if yeah, depression walking out for another reason. Yeah, yeah, for real. Uh, that 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 is the biggest crock of shit ever. Uh, and 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 this is honestly bottom of the barrel design. Go watch any other sci-fi. Go play a video game. Honestly, that that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. That is a nitpick. And the and the mechs do get better in the second one, folks. This came in waves. 
I gotta wrap this up sometime. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, de- yeah. We're- uh, <laughs> folks, this came in waves. I was shocked by my original score, thinking it was too harsh. Then I watched the film, and I was shocked with how much I agreed with it. How much you agree with yourself? Exactly. How much, man? I said, Vin, you got it right. Yeah. Consistence. It's an episode of us agreeing with yeah, each other. Yeah, exactly. It's an echo chamber. Yeah. This, is, this, is, this is getting too much. But I, I really don't think this film is worth your time. And for all the beauty in the world of Pandora, there is a poorly written and poorly acted line to strip you right out of the experience. Just like I gave originally, we're going to go ahead and give Avatar 2009 a 27. Yes. Yeah. Totally deserving. And, and, and like I said, I didn't want to give away the goat right in the beginning. I saw that. I was like, oh, boy. That was, I was maybe being nervous. a little bit too harsh. Yeah. But I, I think that was one of the earliest reviews we it did. It really was. Like that in, was first wave. In the original 50. Yeah. And, and I, I, back in the time that we would be nerdy and angry about, you know, Avatar originally, too. You know, this is going back I, to like, I, I, you know. I didn't, we you think it goes back school, further than yeah, yeah. No, you think it goes back further than I, than I think it does. I but get a bad memory. Regardless, that. I think it was in that first like batch of fifty where yes. I just started naming movies. Yeah, yeah. And you know how you feel about a movie, then you scored, it. and that, that's yep. that's happened with Wrath of Khan too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Okay, great. Twenty seven. Totally agree. Yeah. Because no matter what the technical innovations, it is the twenty. It is twenty twenty two here and now. Mm-hmm. It's not that innovative now. Yep. First of all, mm-hmm. even back then it looked cool. But man, the way people are gushing about it, like oh, oh when I first saw Avatar, I just couldn't believe. And again, yeah, the uh. turncoatness of it. You know, what and I mean, you, you the, have... these these guys online that they're, I know they shit on Avatar like we uh. all shit on uh. Avatar. And then on top of bad writing and bad acting, yes, it's yes. like forget it. Yeah. I can't stress you, these enough. characters. You can't. I, Michelle Rodriguez. I never can feel connected with her on screen, and that's I how these, I can't feel connected and care about these characters. Yes, yes. Very much unlike a Kate Winslet. Yes, or Leo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Stephen Lang, who is the, m- m- the generic of a generic as far right, as right, right. He's, he's he's the commando elite. Best thing I ever saw him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did the fan made short Uncharted film. Really. Was he the bad that? guy in that? He yeah, was, with with uh, what's his face? He from... was he was Sully. Oh, he was Sully. And he was the best Sully. Wow. He had everything down. He That's sounded great. just like him. Uh, to the fact where they could have just swapped him out for Mark Wahlberg. I don't like Stephen Lang really. Sure, sure. He would have been great as Sully. That's great. and I recommend people go online and watch the fan made. Yep. Short for. Um, Fan made short. Yeah, film it was with Nathan Fillion of Uncharted. Yeah, Nathan yes. Fillion, and which is obviously perfect. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he does, Stephen Lang does a great Sully, so <laughs> That's good. props good, to him good on call that back. at least. Okay, we are going long, folks, here. Okay, so just like we took a 12-year gap from Titanic to Avatar, another 12 years later, here we are, right? 12 years? 13 uh, 13, years? yeah. Okay, had that wrong. Um, <laughs> this is Avatar, The Way of the Water. With the big return here, uh, PETA is now, the, they saved the forest, we're on to saving the oceans. <laughs> and what do, we, what do we get? How do we return here? <laughs> What is the new tech that we're getting? And so on. Sure, sure. 13 years. 13 years. Um, uh, honestly, my thoughts were no one was asking for this. Uh, but clearly, I was wrong because Cameron has sequels greenlit for three, four, and five. Yeah. Well, uh, three's already done. Oh, really? Three's in post-production. Wow. And uh, Avatar 4 is already in production mm. and kind of five already he mm-hmm. filmed a lot i think together three and four yep yep so uh, uh i'm sorry two and three he filmed together yes yes because when two was two was done in 2020 mm. essentially really yeah and he started working on three oh, basically that long interesting interesting you're right no one was asking for it but we knew that at least three were coming 
Yeah. James Cameron from the get-go said he wanted at least to do Land, Oceans, Air. Hmm. So three will probably be air. Where he goes after that? Yeah. And they're slated. Don't worry. There's not 13-year-old gaps, by the way. 13-year gaps. Mm. They're slated for like two years apart now. Yes. Yeah. 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 We're, we're in the thick of it now. So. But, uh, and I think maybe. Coming soon to the podcast. Maybe uh, that's. Yeah. Maybe he was waiting for tech. Maybe he was waiting because he wanted to develop all these together. Yeah. Maybe he took a long vacation with all that Avatar one month yeah. too. Uh, uh, for real, yeah. That's that's a that's a long time to uh, to kick back. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, with that thirteen year gap, uh, the opening to this film is is Recap City. Uh, I mean, it is packed to the brim with a lot of terrible exposition. Uh, I'm actually very curious of younger audiences that haven't seen the first. Um, if these recaps were effective, thoughts on the new direction of the story, you know, I mean, there's a lot there I'm curious about, so, you know, folks at home, if, if for any reason you haven't seen Avatar 1, but you took a took a chance with Avatar 2, uh, I, it would be appreciated right in, because I, I am very curious on if that was well needed at all, uh, because of how basic the original story is, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. There is a significant uh, new story structure here, though. Uh, once again, we focus on the English New Yorker-speaking uh, <laughs> Jake Sully, uh, played by Sam Worthington. Now in a full relationship with Zoe Saldana's uh, Tiri, uh, and the thirteen-year wait is mirrored within the story uh, as their family grows to have four children. Now a huge focus for the film. Mm-hmm. This family approach uh, drastically changes how the story is structured. When that family is threatened by the return of the Commando Elite, Stephen Lang. Okay, Commando <laughs> Elite is back. Okay, he's back. I know. Believe me. I mean, it's in the credits and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But so. No, he's, he's back early. Okay. He's back early. Uh, and it puts them on the run to water tribes of Pandora, farther reaching than, mm. you know, this, uh, you know, the, the, the evil military bad guys, the earthling bad guys. Yeah. The fact that it was called Pandora, too, <laughs> is generic and lame as well. Yeah, yeah. For real. Uh, I just want a quick note. Also, it's a half hour longer. We're at three hours and 12 minutes. Mm. And boy, did it feel like it. Okay. Honestly, the theater was very restless the entire time. That's yeah. kind of along my notes of what I think. I'm, I'm curious of what younger audiences may feel of this movie. Because one, it is strategically marketed towards them. We have more children's yeah. stories. Yep. It's more of a family approach. You know, I think that's a strategic move for the box office coming back after 13 years. Yeah. Also, viewers of the previous Avatar probably have families now. So again, I think that is a strategic master move by Cameron. But again... The kids in the audience, I mean, uh, they were the ones getting up and going to the bathroom. They were the ones not glued to the screen on this, you know, three-hour-plus movie. It's a lot of movie. Yeah. This time jump in the story, again, gives us a four-kid cast that is a huge part of the runtime. And I have to say right away, these kids are a great strategic move. Very, very poor reason to structure your your film and your story around them. These kid actors are are bad. Wow. They're not good. So we hate kid uh, actors when they're real and when they're fake. <laughs> and when they're fake, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This also drastically uh, transforms the story and, and, and kind of fractures it into a handful of microplots. Um, you know, each, each kid and their family as a whole has an arc. And I'll say the story can't be pigeonholed like the first. It's not just Dances with Wolves. It's not just Pocahontas. But it is a lot messier for that reason. And this very weak plot kind of reminded me of Quiet Place Part 2, where the whole thing feels like wow. a side story. 
you know? Wow, okay. The whole thing is just like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, it felt like a TV episode almost, or three TV episodes. From what I was getting, I was almost going to say that it was the exact same story. No, no. But it's not, and it's not, and that's a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I would say this family focus, again, there's there's uh, uh, yeah, there's a yeah. lot of, uh, I have a lot of thoughts on, on why that is the move for the film, but in the result of the film itself, um, it's... It's more unique, but a lot more messier. Okay. Uh, fractured, splintered is definitely the way I would describe it, you know, because we're focusing on like seven things at once. And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, granted, you know, a three hour runtime, it's, it needs a lot of things to bounce to, but all of them are bad. weak. Yeah, bad. <laughs> Weak and 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 they don't drive anything. Uh, there's nothing causing me walking out of this film and saying, "Wow, I cannot wait for three more movies." Ah, uh, oh yeah. I mean, and I feel this second one, if anything, returning needed that. It needed the guess what? You're hooked now. You know, and you needed the hook. There. You needed the punch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. You know, when I think of a multi-film franchise, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, I think of the great villains that keep me watching in each entry. And Avatar's, uh, you know, colonialistic military bro opposition is not doing it for me, not in the least. It's it's just it's generic. Again, I, I can't I can't tell you how right I am by calling it the Commando Elite. <laughs> it really is like he watched Small Soldiers and he said, you know, that is gonna be my blockbuster <laughs> franchise. You know. Uh, so, mm. like I said already, and, and believe me, it is not a spoiler because he's there from like minute 15. I was sad to see the chief commando elite, because <laughs> Chip Hazard, no, <laughs> Stephen Lang, uh, back with a vengeance. Uh, and I mean, it, it's crazy because I looked it up afterwards. Uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, they really are going to pin this whole franchise on him being the opposition. It's crazy. We're like locked in. We are locked oh, in my with God. Stephen Lang. I'll admit Stephen Lang gets a lot more screen time and a lot more development here, but now with two movies under his belt, the character is just, I can strongly say he is the weakest villain we have seen in any kind of major franchise. Oh, terrible. Terrible. It's so generic and bland and... It should be the corporation or the the government behind him. Sure, or or just... just, Not just that... He should be the number two guy. You know there's always like the number two to the villain? Yes, And then he'll eventually have, he'll, you know, he'll have a good fight sequence with number one good guy. Yep. That happens in every film. Mm-hmm. He should be that guy. Yes, absolutely. Then he dies, and we have a new guy for film two. Right, right. Uh, a more compelling one that's going to be kicking off our five-movie franchise, you know. Uh, also, out of nowhere, they do include a maybe a more mastermind villain. Uh, to my the lack of my awareness at all, Eddie Falco from uh, from The Sopranos, Mrs. Soprano herself, is in this movie as this kind of corporate coffee cup toting bad guy. Yeah. And she's out of the movie after the first hour. She never comes back. It is <laughs> so ridiculous and she is so out of place. It is it is insane. The CGI around her looks terrible because oh. she's like the only real person in this now. Right, right. I mean, it's it's almost entirely CGI this right. is film. And I, I I will go into that that is kind of for the better. Uh, right, but, we're, we're on Pandora a lot. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and uh, with fully CGI characters, I mean, for the, the full tribe and whatnot. Mm, yeah, yeah. Can't say I look forward to uh, uh, Eddie Falcone's, uh, or Falco, she's coming back. She's she's definitely not going anywhere, but a very weak impression. Again, I mean, I, I just, I don't see how this, this hooks anyone to get excited for five movies, you know? I can't imagine. I can't. I, people weren't excited after one. Yeah. Until they started lying about it. Exactly. Right. Until they started being <laughs> phony. 
let me get on some plus sides of this because uh, ultimately I do feel like this is a better movie than Avatar 1. Um, there's a lot more action and my previous criticism of the tech design aside, uh, it's, it's, it's still generic and it's still, still just not doing it for me. I mean, it's not laughable, but it's still not doing it for me. Uh, exactly like the first film. Uh, the film has a lot of visual spectacle. If anything, the whole thing is visual spectacle. And the huge runtime allows for quieter moments in the water that I did enjoy. Um, this is probably best shown in a plot thread with alien uh, whales. Okay. Uh, just how, like, there was uh, deforestation was the what was in the sights of the first one. Whaling is definitely uh, in the sights of this one as far as its kind of eco perspective. Okay, gotcha. Which, honestly, I'm fine with. Uh, that, that, is, that is probably the least of the troubles of these franchises. <laughs> well, all right, that's true. There's yeah. nothing there to pluck from. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> you know... It's basically, you know, eco-terrorism, or, or not eco-terrorism, but, but, you know, Eco- yeah, it, well. sa- save, save the, save the planet, you know, it's, it's, it's that shallow, it's PETA, basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> the tech was cool, it was on cutting edge, especially the camera used to sh- be shooting underwater mocap and everything sure. like that, mm-hmm. and being, the big thing was there was a lack of distortion now with some of the new tech. Yes. Used, so how was all the underwater shots? How did it look? Uh, I would say uh, one-to-one to above water. I don't think okay. there, if, if the concern or even part of the waiting of camera of Cameron was waiting for camera tech to catch up so he could do these underwater sequences, yeah. there is no loss in visual fidelity uh, between that. Okay, that's good. And, you know, one impressive thing, again, because they were actually acting and doing mocap stuff underwater, yep. mm-hmm. they couldn't do, they couldn't use oxygen or anything like yep. that. So everything yep. was done with them holding their breaths and they all got trained to... Hold the breath for five, six, seven minutes. Yep. Very impressive. Mm-hmm, Very impressive mm-hmm. to be dealing with that. Mm-hmm. How much of these three hour and 12 minutes do we actually spend underwater? Is that a big hook to get us into the theater? Absolutely. Yeah, there is a lot. Oh, there uh, is a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought maybe they just tease it and we get sure, like a little yeah. bit of it. But okay, we no, get a lot. No, there is a lot. And, and especially this water tribe of the Navi. Uh, okay. They are different physiologically as well. Um, they hey, have cool. a different tail. They have more kind of like finny, um, you know, forearms. That, that's, that's cool. So, yeah. There's a lot there. And, and just how discovery and the spectacle of discovery is the point of the first one in just the same way that's the point here. But we're just kind of discovering a new part of Pandora. Yeah, let me, let's be know? honest. It's a platform uh, for James Cameron to play with some new tech exactly uh more than the last one i feel like this one is a tech demo i feel like this Mm. one is a tech demo as well to maybe sell audiences on the idea of wow cameron's going to be doing some exciting exciting stuff uh in these in these sequels then And, and like i said before or i teased a little bit before the movie being like 95% CGI, I think, is a good move, actually. Okay. Uh, it's only when, you know, you have characters that are real life on screen with all the CGI, the copious amount of CGI, that does it look bad. I think they they need to commit fully to getting every yeah. human character out there. You're shooting yourselves in the foot. Exactly. If, it, if it looks bad now, imagine 5, 10, and then oh, 15 years yeah. from now. It's just going to look even more hot garbage. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it's a weird effect because uh, motion-wise, they even look a little bit lower frame rate than, you know, oh what is the digital behind them. Or there, there's some sort well, of disconnect. There. I wanted to ask you about that because it was doubled frame rate. Yes. So we did go with higher frame rate. And yep. how was that? Was uh, it? I saw it in a theater that was equipped for it. Yeah. Um... I don't think it was distracting. It definitely wasn't distracting like Hobbit was distracting. Uh, okay. If that's oh, what you're okay. Curious yeah, about. It, that's exactly what I'm asking. Yeah. 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 
Uh, I did not see this in 3D though. That was the that was the only thing. Despite I, I probably could have watched Avatar one on 3D uh, at home with the with, with the old TV, but <laughs> I decided not to. So we're we're purely without 3D for the reviews. But um, but yeah, does that make sense? What I'm saying is as far oh as God, there's, yeah. there's a huge mm. disconnect now, if anything, because of how full bore he is into the CGI. You know? No, it makes sense. At that point, that those one or two people in there yeah. among all the CG characters, yep. CGI characters, it's going to throw it off. It's only natural is going to throw it off. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, if you're noticing it and if it's throwing it off now, it just doesn't bode well for the future. Yeah, it really does. So you're right. If you're going to do 95%, you might as well pretty much commit fully. I agree, yeah. Uh, dying to know about the writing here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's where this is my, my last sprint. So above all else, the writing is identical. Uh, okay, it, yeah. it is absolute absolute ass for all we know uh, he is, wrote this 12 years ago yeah probably like a year after the film came out probably you know what I mean? especially with how much importance is put on just it being a direct sequel just with this mm. you know this 12 year time yeah jump. you know almost almost to a fault all the characters are returning yep. you know seriously though uh copy and paste my criticism for avatar one it is been countless years on this alien planet and why do they speak english that really, that's a bugaboo of yours. It is, it is really pissing me off. Why does Jake but, Sully have the most ridiculous New York accent I've ever heard, and now he's fully transitioned into his Navi body? How do these far-off water tribes speak fluent English? But, okay, as a, as a practical manner... This is a Hollywood film. Yeah, but like th- you don't. What do you want? All subtitles? Yeah, there's times that there are full scenes in subtitles that they're all speaking Navi. So you want that for the rest of the movie? I think so. I think Man, okay. so. I, well, think- no, I, I I'm throwing your criticism out on this. No, I, it, it's, it's his supposed children. To be, these four children that are alien children. Yeah, these four children are alien children. They're growing up bilingual. Why are they? They speak almost almost pr- because prominently they're, because their father and mother speak. I'm just saying. Look, look. Their father. You're presenting this in movie theaters. It's supposed to be a massive thing. English is spoken in so many places around the world. All I want is some sort of explanation, a universal translator, something. It doesn't make (sighs) a a lick of sense why this this far-off water tribe knows English. Doesn't make a a sense that these these kids that are aliens speak... speak, Well, uh, their parents speak English, and they're bilingual. Oh, man. I'm not as upset... I agree it's like a Valkyrie situation with Tom Cruise. <laughs> sure. Okay. Sure. I understand what you're saying. And, and I uh, I'll g- meet you in the middle that it has to, you know, it's a it's a American blockbuster. You would like obviously. it mixed a little bit. Maybe I would like, like it, it like mixed, mixed a little, little bit. bit more. Or okay. again, give me some bullshit line that they have a translator or something like that. Okay. Uh, again, this is on the same note that the writing of Avatar One did not feel like it was twenty one fifty. The writing of Avatar Two Despite 12 years on this alien planet, feels no more alien. Despite now being characters that are entirely alien. Our main characters are entirely alien. Yeah. I think it's trash. I think it's absolute trash. The kids, uh, they all speak in more English than their native tongue. And this plays into the bad kid performance. So many lines have bro. The, the children, oh. they speak like present day Zoomers. That's bad. Um, oh, yeah. This is bad. Uh, there's a line. He, he, uh, the kid says, "That's a punch, bitch." Like it's just like. Oh, that's really bad. It, it it's not an alien, you know. I I, I don't know. I, I feel like I, maybe I'm alone on this, but well, I'll no, tell, I agree yeah. with that. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 bad. Trust me. You know, when you are whisked away 
by the visuals, you will be brought crashing back by this kid <laughs> actor dialogue. Let me tell you. It is so, so terrible. It is no longer just Cameron writing here, admittedly. Uh, and not exactly for the better, because I think, again, story structure-wise, we're more unique. It's, it's much more of a unique film in, in the many directions it goes on this topic of family. Yeah, it's just not good. You know, these two other writer duos from Planet of the Apes remake, and I don't know. Uh, maybe there's there's something that we connected there, that uh, the Cameron saw how popular those kind of big CGI films were, and he felt he needed to bring them on or something like that. So I think this is a much more personal story. Uh, and small in scale for the better, but also very much more messy. I got to explain one more thing with these uh, part of these four kids. One of them is Sigourney Weaver's uh, child in real life. Uh, no, or no, it is, it is, it is in in Pandora in, world in Pandora world. Yeah, that's in the story. <laughs> and Sigourney Weaver voices the child. And I cannot tell you why is this seventy-year-old woman. <laughs> voicing this <laughs> this i think she's supposed to be 12 they spent all their money on just they had no money for celebrities i don't know she's, no she's got some dirt on cameron or something <laughs> yeah. like that i don't know who who the hell thought that was a good idea her and it's a shame because she's get she gets a, an interesting plot she has obviously um well all these kids have kind of a connection with the planet in a unique way okay for the naturalism of, of pandora but every time she speaks she sounds like an old woman <laughs> And and that's where I, I real I'm just so curious of new teen kid watchers of this film uh, are are they brought in by this are are you know is this kid focus I, actually going to hook them I have no idea but it wasn't hooking me folks this film is Attack of the Clones for a host of reasons it is the awkward middle child in the series lacking in compelling story beats. It's more the same, hitting less for the audience, but focused more on the kid experience. And most of all, it is absolutely sunk by its trash writing that loses all of the care that goes into science fiction. Folks, we're going to go ahead and give Avatar The Way of Water a 35. Okay, 35. Yep. Yeah, I'm not surprised by any of this. Yeah. And folks, stay away from these freaking reviews online and these <laughs> YouTube reviewers because... He's Fugazi. It is because, I mean, I totally agree with you, Vin, and seeing all the, these, these, ah, the, the going back and rewriting of history. Yeah. That all these guys pretending like they didn't hate Avatar 1. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, what it, what this is getting on, on all these critic sites, too, mm -hmm. it's outrageous. Mm -hmm. Outrageous. Yeah. It's crazy. But we should also know, I don't know why, it's, there's different reports out, but I'm getting generally. 350 million to on the high end 450 million dollar mm. budget mm -hmm. uh 450 is huge yeah. and one of if, if it's not the record it's up there as sure. far as you know the expense to make a film mm -hmm. i always always heard you have to make double that i always hear you have the making of the movie yep and then you have the marketing which is always double yes they're saying this needs to break two billion <sighs> To make a profit. Just to make a profit. Just to make a profit. I don't know where all that other money is going. I don't know where that 1.6-ish. Uh, uh, yeah, because that seems like a lot for marketing, even considering this is probably the biggest I, sequel I, I haven't ever, seen a lot of know? marketing either, yeah, not yeah. compared to before. Right, right. So it's just shocking. But uh, definitely, I mean, of course, it's having a big weekend and everything like that. Mm. Uh, I think in the opening weekend worldwide, uh, we're already at, I don't know if we're at 400 million or something yep. like that, 300 and something million. Mm -hmm. So it's approaching there, but it uh, needs to get over 2 billion. To turn a profit, <laughs> and then we'll get it. That's absurd. Yeah, and again, look forward to it because three apparently has already done. It's in post, right. and we have we'll be covering it. We have four and five in uh, in pre production already. That's unreal. unreal. So, 
I don't and know. And I can tell you after seeing this film how uninvested I am with that. And believe me, I'd tell you if the hook was there. You know what I mean? I, I really I don't know. would. I don't, I don't, who, <laughs> who, don't is invested? who is invested? <laughs> I don't know. You know? I mean, I completely agree with you. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully, I mean, it, it wasn't too much of, uh, of nitpicking. Uh, and I really did want to focus. I mean, how much I, 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 I don't enjoy the, the flavor of this film, the, the flavor of the science fiction. Uh, hopefully, I was able to illustrate that. Uh, it really is down to the fundamentals of Cameron's writing. It is the the poison pill for the whole thing. Mm. It really is. And the act. I mean, then with the avatars, the acting. Right. That the cast is just bad. And yep. And uh, and everything else. But uh, okay, Vin. So looking at this, we're running along here. Anything else you'd <laughs> like to add, or uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up? Uh, Merry Christmas. That's all. Yes, folks. Next week we have a very very special episode. Yep. It's not as special like we've done before. This is our kind of our year in review. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of look back at the films that we did in 2022 a little bit, but it's not just rehashing. Where people have their Oscars, they have their Golden Globes and everything like that. We have, we're going to have our aware, uh, award ceremony yep. next week. Yep. Okay. It's the only one of the year you gotta, you yeah. gotta wait till it's March. The only one you gotta care you gotta wait till March for the Oscars. No. <laughs> yep. The Tom Dailies are next week. Please stay tuned. It's a very fun episode. Yep. Um, and I think you all enjoy it. And we have our, you know, our top picks as well, if you want to look at it like that. But for now, uh, we ended twenty. We ended the year with James Cameron of, <laughs> somehow. Uh, we have The Abyss with a fifty nine percent, True Lies with a forty eight, Titanic with an eighty one, Avatar with a twenty seven, and Avatar: The Way of the Water thirty five percent. Folks, don't forget uh, become a producer and everything like that. But uh, there'll be the spiel at the end anyway. So completely producer supported. Don't forget the value for value model. DailyRatings.com donations tab. Uh, but thank you so much, Vin, for watching these very long movies. Thanks for stopping <laughs> by. And folks, we will be seeing you next week for our special and our year in review, the Tom Dailies. And uh, we can't wait to see you in 2023 on the Daily Ratings Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you would... Could you give us a good rating or tell a friend about us? If you're wondering if a film is worth a watch or if you'd just like to see more movie ratings for Vince, be sure to stop by thedailyratings.com where we have our ever-expanding catalog of films. Also, if you found value in the podcast or our site, become a producer and go to the Donations tab on thedailyratings.com. You can donate whatever amount of value you feel you received from us. We're looking to build this into something large and great but also be independent from those corporate sponsors. So we greatly appreciate any support from you all. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast. <laughs>